Welcome to Coffee Table Mythos. I'm Eliza. And I'm Leah. Grab your favorite beverage and let's talk myths. What you drinking today? I have nothing. What'd you have earlier? I had a Charlie Cold Foam Cold Brew from Dunkin' Donuts. And what are you drinking? Well, I am about to try something called the Root of All Evil Ginger Mead by Groenfell Brewery. It's made with water, honey, ginger, lemon, and then the stuff that makes it mead, basically. Let's try it out. Not bad. Does it taste like ginger ale? Does it taste like ginger beer? I don't know what ginger beer tastes like without having, like, vodka in it. Mm. But it's got that, like, lemony ginger taste to it. Hmm. Minus the green tea taste. Okay. Do you want to taste it? Absolutely not. (laughs) On the bottom of this one, it says, we used to have a consulting business. And I've also been hydrating most of the day. So it is a Sunday afternoon. Excited. It's Norse week. You ready? Oh, definitely. Sarcasm is thick. All right. So this week I was struggling to find a topic because Eliza really liked the topic I was going to do. So I gave it to her. Okay, more so like, you're like, I'm going to do this, and then my face looked so sad that you were like, you know what, you can do this one. Yeah, I took pity on you. Thank you. So, Eliza was going to actually suggest a different one for me to do, but like, en route to giving me that name, I I still have no idea what that name was. I can't remember it. Great. She found this one and decided that it would be up my alley. Oh, you know what? I remember what the topic was, but I don't remember the name of it. But it also it did have to do with death. <clears throat> so, there's not a whole lot on this guy. So we're going to take a couple bunny trails that I took while researching. Sounds good. But what I did find was interesting. The creature being for this week is the Fossagrim, spelled F-O-S-S-E-G-R-I-M. I couldn't find a pronunciation that I could hear, like listen to, so I modge-podged together that from a Norwegian and Swedish alphabet online. He is also called a strumkarlin in Sweden, and that's spelled S-T-R-O with the umlaut on top, M-K-A-R-L-E-N. This means riverman, which is a pretty literal description. And while he's not strictly an Old Norse character, the Fossagrim does come from the folklore of Norway and Sweden. Cool. There are multiple descriptions of this spirit, and maybe it's because it's associated with multiple names. Or maybe because in some stories he has a shape-shifting power. Sometimes he's a young boy. Sometimes an old man with a green hat, eyes, and teeth. A green hat, green eyes, and green teeth. I was about to be like, but a lot of things have teeth. What kind of teeth are they? Teeth and eyes, yes. Teeth and eyes. Eyes and teeth. Yes. And eye teeth. Teeth and eyes and eyes and teeth and teeth and eyes and eyes and teeth. Sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) Or a biblical angel. Like, there's just way too much of (laughs) some of these items. (laughs) Be not afraid. Ah! This is why they told you not to be afraid when they came down through the Bible. That is horrifying. (laughs) That is way too many eyes. And why is it on a wheel that's on fire? (laughs) You know, of all those people on TikTok that do the joke of like, 
God making the animals and, like, what was he thinking when he was making, like, these crazy animals or the crazy plants or whatever? Mm -hmm. How come no one's done, like, that but of God coming up with the angels? Like, yeah, put put more eyes on it. Yeah, yeah, set it on fire. Yeah, that's Perfect. (laughs) Instill fear. Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's what I'm wondering. So... Which era God was it? <laughs> right. Was this before or after the Vatican? <laughs> so sometimes the fossil Grim is a beautiful young man that is absolutely sculpted with muscles. I'm going to have fun drawing this one. Yeah, I already told Eliza she's going to be drawing it because I don't draw men like she does. I know. It's a curse. But not really. Always they are near or in water. Fossagrim specifically were found in waterfalls, rapids, or in mill races. And mill races was something I didn't know until I researched it. I was about to ask you what that was. It's the fast channel of water that moves the mill wheel. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Depending on the story, they are wearing varying degrees of clothing. Sometimes completely nude. This will be important for later. Suggestive wink. Wink, wink. For the purposes of our art, we will be making sure that nothing is too lewd for passing around the social media. I just pictured, like, Marjorie listening to this and being like, damn. <laughs> all the women are like, god damn it, Eliza. You had all of these things at the tip of your fingers, and you just didn't go past that point. <laughs> Trying not to get banned from social media. Right. So the fossil Grimm is always extremely talented with the fiddle, sometimes specifically with the Hardanger fiddle. What the fuck? Yeah, we're going to get into that. Some variations have the instrument as a harp, though. And he is so talented, in fact, that he can make nature sounds with his fiddle, like the sound of the wind, the forest, or rushing water. You know what's cool about that Hmm. is that when I was... In private lessons for guitar, my guitar teacher always told me, like, if you can make an instrument sound like something else, there's actually, like, a niche market for that. So, for example, when I play guitar, he would say, it sounds like it's actually a voice singing. And you need to hone that because that's actually what's going to, like, entice people to listen. And I was like, that's kind of cool. So... I asked Eliza why she thought this was up my alley, and she doesn't remember anymore. So what my guess is, is that it's because I had a background of using string instruments in school. Classical string instruments in school, yeah. Yeah. So I had personally played the cello from fourth grade through graduation, which is nine years and a long ass time. But it's also been over 12 years since I was practicing on a regular basis. I did recently try to pick it back up. But Dova is, like, super judgy (laughs) about certain instruments. She really is. So needless to say, that fell through because she would not stop protesting. Really? Yes. Are you sure she wasn't singing? If she was, she needs to get a little more in tune. That's fair. So, I looked into the Hardanger fiddle because it was not a fiddle I was familiar with. It's actually pretty cool. It looks very similar to a violin, however... Instead of having four strings, it has eight. Whoa. And when you hear that, you think eight playable strings, but it's still only four strings you play on. 
the other four run underneath. So you don't actually play them. What? Yeah. <laughs> so you still just play the one, the four on top, and there are approximately 130 ways to tune this fiddle. What the fuck? You know how you can tune a guitar in different chords? Yeah. Or whatever that's called? Different keys. Keys. There you go. You can do that with this fiddle. But because there's eight, there's so many different ways you can do it. But what do the other strings do? I think it says that when you're playing them, they kind of reverberate and give this particular sound to the instrument. It just makes you think of the 12-string guitar in a way, except you actually play the 12 strings. But it's more like a complementary string than an actual, like, I don't know if I'm making any sense. Yeah, these you actually do not touch with your bow. They are completely underneath the board. That's crazy, but cool. It's probably like a play on the vibrations. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it sounded like when I was listening to it. They're also really decorated. Really? There was a young man that I watched play a song on YouTube, and he joked that it takes half the show to tune it because there's so many strings, and then the other half of the show is just to play. Which, if you've ever had to tune a string instrument, you know the struggle. (laughs) Yeah. And that's most likely with an instrument that has less than he has to deal with on a regular basis. But also, like, is this supposed to be a wooden instrument? Yeah. it's It looks just like a violin. So, like, the thing with wood is that it changes depending on the elements it's surrounded by. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is supposed to be like a water creature, right? It's a magical fiddle. You know what? I'm going to stop asking questions. It's like that thing where your <laughs> your dad is like, now this is completely unbelievable. <laughs> Everything made sense until this specific point. Well, to be fair, near water is humidity. And in my school where we kept, because if you had a violin, you had to bring it every day to school. Mm-hmm. But if you had a cello, you used the school's cellos. And okay. they were kept in a room that had a certain amount of humidity. Mm. So maybe that's where it's going okay you know what let's not get into the logic of this magical fiddle because i know how ridiculous it sounds that i'm asking these questions so please keep going so in real life the fiddle is very important to the culture of the area it's used in so much music and important for traditional dances such as the ganga or walking dance and the springer or running dance much like oral traditions are passed down musical traditions in these countries are passed down as well. Fiddlers would pay to learn their craft from older, more experienced fiddlers. And there are these songs called slaughters that they pass down. And they're generally not written down, but some of them have been. And while some end up in the public domain, others are still held privately. And almost every fiddler would eventually make their own slaughter, and the slaughter would usually become named after the creator. So one of the most famous slaughters called Fonatulin, and I wanted to show her real quick because I know with her being a music buff, it's going to blow her mind. So we'll be right back. And we're back. So if anybody wants to listen to what we just listened to, it is on YouTube and it's called Traditional Hauling Tune Fanatulin, F-A-N-I-T-U-L-L-E-N by Painted Clouds Studio. And how did you feel about that? It was good. Do you have any guesses what the name of it means? 
The Hauling tune? No, the Fanatulin. No. It's the Devil's tune. Mm. And they say that the percussive part of the song is the devil... Stomping his hoof. Stomping his hoof. Yep. It's not as good if you don't stomp to it. <laughs> so they actually don't know who the original creator of that song was. That's mm. one where they've lost the, the creator's name. And I think it's really interesting how we have like recurring correlations between the devil and the fiddle. Mm. Like the devil went down to Georgia. Yeah, I've heard this. that. So... It reminded me very much of a 12-string guitar, as I said before, where mm-hmm. it has the sound of, like, two at once. Yeah. So that guy from the song that I just said is the one who was joking about how long it takes to tune. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I can see because he took, like, the first half of the whole stinking thing just talking. Well, he was talking about, like, the history and some of the other stuff he's also the one i think that i got the amount of tuning keys you can put it in Mm. from so but on to like the next thing (laughs) you'll remember that a similar creature was called the strom carlin and there was a quote that kept showing up on like multiple websites as though it was just like copy and pasted that said quote the strom carlin song is said to have 11 variations the final one being reserved for the night spirits because when it's played, tables and benches, cup and can, graybeards and grandmothers, blind and lame, even babes in the cradle will dance. End quote. And I kind of, when I heard that, I pictured it as like one of Miyazaki's parade scenes where just like everybody's dancing down the street. Nice. Now, while in most stories the fossil cream is generally benign, some stories say that it lures women and children to them where they drown. Oh. But more frequently, their music entrances anyone that listens, no matter the gender, and no one is harmed. Mm. Unless you want to make a deal. What? Now, if you want to make that deal with the fossil cream to learn to play as good as he... To play so beautifully, you'll stop the water from flowing and the woods will fall silent to bask in the sounds pouring from beneath your fingers. Then you're going to have to follow some very detailed, very specific instructions. He's not unkind, however. He gives you two options. Option one, take a white male goat and with his head facing away, Toss it into a waterfall that flows northward on a Thursday evening. Hmm. Option two. This one's kind of funny. Steal smoked mutton from your neighbor's storage four Thursdays in a row. Huh. However, if your sacrifice isn't good enough, he will only teach you how to tune the fiddle. Wow. However, if you please him, he will take your right hand and pull it across the strings until all of your fingers bleed. Then, and only then, will you be able to play as he does. By your face, it sounds bad, doesn't it? But, remember when you were first learning guitar? How fucked up your fingers get? Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. Mm. I get where it's coming from. Mm. I've got finger problems right now, so it just doesn't sound too good to me at the moment. Well, never sounds good, but, like, I get where it's coming from. Yeah. (laughs) And lastly, something now, or at least recently, related to the fossa green. There was 
an annual competition. From 1995 to 2013, called the Aritznak, it was held in Bilstan, Hakka, Sweden. The competition was to see who would be the next year's incarnation of the Nyx, which is another name for this water spirit. The background. When Mr. Hernmark founded the festival, he didn't limit the competition to fiddle playing. He said any instrument would do, as, and I quote, The myth of the water fairy is really old and predates when the first violin came to Sweden in 1646. Damn. Which seems like a very specific bit of knowledge to just have on hand. Over the years, there have been fiddle players, harpists, horn players, accordion players, drummers, and an acapella singer. Hmm. Anyway, the competition goes thusly. A man must play his instrument either standing or sitting in the river while clad only in things found in nature. Most of the men in the pictures, and yes, there are pictures, are nude except for a leaf or a flower crown. One sassy man had a delicate clutch of white flowers ornamenting his family jewels, though by no means hiding it. Obviously, this is not safe to Google at work, but pictures exist. I promise. <laughs> Your face. And just... Oh, you're gonna show me now? I'm gonna show you some naked men in the river. Hold up. Oh, shit. They are naked. I feel like that river water would be really cold. Oh. Like, that far north. Oh, my gods. And this is in front of, like, all the people that go to this festival. Because it's a bigger festival and this is just one part of it. So not only do you have to play, but you also have to, like, kind of act a little bit as though you are not standing in front of a bunch of people. Like, you have to get rid of your shame and just... No shame there. None whatsoever. Feel the music. So, probably the most talked about year was 2009, when Mr. Martin Norberg won the title. He arrived only a few hours before the competition and asked if he could play the saxophone. According to the founder, anything goes. So Mr. Norberg joins the games and wins. The jury said this. Just like the water fairy, he appeared in a guise we didn't expect. He captivated and frightened. With his eyes and his enchanted saxophone, he seduced the jury. And that's like high praise. Holy hell. Damn. So I'd love to know what song he was playing on that saxophone. <laughs> I want to see if there's pictures of this guy for them to have such high praise of him. Yeah. The competition continued until 2013 from all I could find. I couldn't find a reason why it ended. The festival it's a part of still seems to be going on, except last year in 2020. But due to it being the website being in a different language, I'm not sure why this part was stopped in 2013. There's also rumors that famous musicians have done this deal with the Fossagrim to become amazing fiddlers. One was Torgier Algensen, hmm. born 1801, died 1872, who went by the name 
Mylar Guten. Ol Bull was the second from 1810 to 1880. There's a whole lot of information about Ol Bull. Lots of interesting things. But what I thought Eliza would appreciate, since she loves Pennsylvania so much, is that he tried to start a Norwegian colony called Oleana there, huh. which ultimately failed. And that's the Fossa Queen. That was intense. Yeah. There are a lot more naked men than I was expecting. <laughs> there are a lot of naked men. What about women? Mm-mm. It just seems to be a, a male thing. I don't appreciate that. I think it's because the Fossagrim are only ever men. Like, while they might be different ages or, like, sizes of men, they all seem to be men. There so should be if a female version. You are. So if you're gonna be having one to rule the year, like, be the reigning title Nyx, as they call it for this festival, if you're gonna have one for the whole year, it would have to be a guy. Hmm. So that's what's up with the Fossa Green, which I am probably saying, I probably said a whole lot of those words incorrectly because I was just having a really hard time finding pronunciations, pronunciations online. So those are a little squished together from what I could find, but it's fine. This is fine. Everything's okay. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Have you had enough to eat today? I don't know, but I don't really feel like eating. But you know what also is like haunting my life right now? Everything that the people are doing to the poor watermelons. Oh, from TikTok? Yes. Like so, the smoked ham one. Oh my gosh. The okay. mustard, the cinnamon. Well, that's like the reverse order. Yeah, the first one was like cinnamon and I'm like, that's weird, but okay. And then the next person put mustard on the watermelon. And then, today, someone cooked it like a ham. It's haunting my dreams. It's haunting my waking life. I feel like I need to get a watermelon now. And, like, give you regular watermelon so you feel less perturbed. <sighs> and everyone's like, oh, this is the most amazing thing you can do to a watermelon. I feel like you're all lying to me. <laughs> so that I go and waste money. In your defense, you... I'm just gonna say it. You're a picky eater. Yes, but why would you put any of these things on watermelon? Well, maybe to them it doesn't taste bad. It's insanity. But anyway, we went on a real food tangent for a second. And we're and, back. And we're back. <laughs> Alright, so mine isn't nearly as long, I don't think. Um, Are there more or less naked men? That's my new rating. Like. Way less naked men, a lot more birds. Mm. Mm -hmm. Are the birds naked? I mean, they're birds, they have feathers, so I don't know what else to tell you. Do they have delicate white flowers decorating their junk? Listen, you're going to have to talk to <laughs> Othan about that. I can't speak for him, but they're, they're his ravens, so. That is not a conversation I want to have with a god. I don't need to roll up and be like, Othan, we need to have a chat. Are um, there or are there not flowers decorating your bird's junk? I just want to say I'm perfectly, um, I'm perfectly dressed for this because I'm wearing a raven t-shirt. True. So. That was a happy accident. It was because I just felt really comfy in that, in this t-shirt. And then I was like, oh, we're going to record. Sweet. Okay. So tonight, today, whatever time you're listening to this, we are discussing 
Othens, Ravens, Hugin, and Munin. Now, Hugin means thought, and Munin means memory or mind. In Norse mythology, they are the pair of ravens that fly all over the world and bring information to Othin. They are found in the Poetic Edda and the Prose Edda and Heimskringla and the poetry of the skalds. In the Poetic Edda, Othin is disguised and worries that the two ravens will not return from their daily flights. In the Prose Edda, Othin is referred to as the raven god because of his association with the two ravens. In both the Prose Edda and the Third Grammatical Treatise, Hugin and Munin are described as being perched on Othin's shoulders, and in Heimskringla, it is said Othin gave them the ability to speak. I think that's probably how I see them most in art, is perched on his shoulders. Yeah. In the Poetic Edda poem Grimnismal, Othin is disguised as Grimnir, and he tells a young Agnar, a person that helps Othin escape torture from Girothar, about his animal companions, including his wolves, Geri, Freki, and his ravens, Hugin and Munin. In the Prost Edda's Gilfaginning, the ravens are described telling all they see and hear from the world to Othin. Othin sends them out at dawn, and they return by dinner. In the Third Grammatical Treatise, an anonymous verse describes Hugin seeking hanged men and Munin seeking slain bodies. Huh. Yes. In reference to the passage where Othin is expressing worry for Hugin and Munin's return can be interpreted as Othin being worried for his own memory, implying the possibility of Hugin and Munin being extensions of Othin. This, however, is purely speculation. It's believed to be possible that Hugin and Munin are or were part of a shamanistic ritual where they refer to a state of trance in a shaman's journey. According to Rudolf Simic, this approach is not the greatest, believing the ravens had much broader symbolism throughout the Germanic world. For example, the raven banner, which was woven in a way that when fluttering in the wind, it appeared as though the ravens in the flag were beating their wings. That is some talent right? in artistry. There is another theory by Anthony Winterborn connecting Hugin and Munin to Filgia. For more on that, please see episode 7. <laughs> the episode where I mispronounce it the entire, entire time. <laughs> According to Jackson Crawford, the names of Hugin and Munin can be spelled both with two N's, where in Old Norse the spelling depends on the situation. So it's interchangeable. In Depending on which book you're reading. Yeah. Hmm. Archaeological findings concerning Hugin and Munin go back to 5th and 6th century CE, during the migration period, with findings such as gold bracelets with a human figure on a horse with a spear, surrounded by two birds. I'm assuming they're assuming that it's Othin. Iconographers believe, based on the presence of the birds, that the human figure is Othin and the birds are Hugin and Munin. I jumped the gun a little bit. Sorry, guys. <laughs> According to Rudolf Simek, he believes the horse was being healed while ridden in this depiction and assumes the ravens to also be that of veterinary assistance from this. Wait, what? <laughs> I know. I don't know where that, like, conclusion came from, but that was a speculation that came from this person. In the Vendel era, 6th to 7th century CE, there are helmet plates that were found in a grave in Sweden showing a figure riding a horse, again with a spear, accompanied by two ravens, or birds. Mm -hmm. Yet again, the interpretation was this was Othin and his ravens. 
In the Germanic Iron Age, brooches were found with a bird-shaped form in, I hope I don't butcher this too badly, Bisbach, North Denmark, with beliefs that the birds on the brooches are in fact Hugen and Munin. According to Peter van Petersen, that is like, like a tongue twister, Peter van Petersen. No offense, Peter van Petersen, I'm just having a hard time saying your name. There is no doubt the birds depicted are ravens despite the question of the symbolism. There's a burial site of Oseberg ship found in Norway. It provides tapestry fragments, and these fragments depict a scene with two dark birds hovering over a horse. After examination, a scholar, Anne Stein Ingstad, interpreted the two birds to be Hugen and Munin. You can find these lovely birds depicted in current media, definitely Definitely in God of War, but like you have more than just Hugin and Munin in there. You have like a jillion ravens you have to like poach, and they're like ghost raven looking things. Yeah. And then you have ravens that aren't Hugin and Munin, but then you also can buy Hugin and Munin ravens in the Ubisoft store for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. As you're like a companion where you can see from the sky? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I think is pretty fucking cool. But I did a drawing of Hugin and Munin. But they both pretty much look almost the same. But with a rune on their chests. And I really liked it. Because I had no idea what the difference was between a raven and crow. Until I did this drawing. And apparently it's like really obvious by the beaks and their manes. Mm-hmm. The goddamn manes. And their tails. The shape of their tail. Right. There's that too. But you don't see the tail in her art. They're mm-hmm. more front views. Yeah. They um, turned out really nice. Thank you. And you did a really good job painting them. Thank you. Of course. Living in the Maryland area, if you don't know, American football is pretty fucking big here. And it's the home of the NFL team, the Ravens. Yeah, Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, <laughs> Maryland Ravens. So, like, you have anything with Ravens on it. They're like, oh my god! And you're like, Yeah! <laughs> Also, Raven's purple, that's their color. Yeah. So, like, my favorite color is purple. So anytime I'm wearing it, people are like, go Ravens! And I'm like, yeah. It happens with my dad, too. My dad loves orange, and he, like, over the course of my life, has had multiple Harley motorcycles, and that's their color. So he'll just be minding his own business, wearing some orange, either just because or for Harley stuff. And people were like, go Orioles, which is the baseball team here. And he's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's hilarious. And then there's also Edgar Allan Poe's house here. Right. Also Ravens. I did a whole report on him in AP U.S. History when I was like a junior in high school. And I remember my teacher was like, yeah, Edgar Allan Poe isn't really my favorite. And this lady, she's so sweet. I freaking loved her as a teacher. Anyway, so I, I did my whole report on Edgar Allan Poe, not knowing that, I, like, a few years later I'd end up in Maryland, so. That's actually the name. Uh, for someone who doesn't like sports, I don't know why I know this, but that is the name of our mascot, our Poe. Raven Poe. I love the Dunkin' Donuts, um, Poe. Donuts. Poe Donuts, because the purple icing just tastes really good. Mm-hmm. But they only have it out during the football season. Right. And then when I was in school, I can't remember, it must have been for an English class. And I'm pretty sure this was around when my middle sister was also in school. You could memorize all the stanzas in 
Edgar Allan Poe's Raven poem Mm -hmm. for extra credit. So I think I got to memorizing the first two stanzas and I was like, it is not worth it because it's something like 20 some stanzas. Yeah, it's pretty long. But I'm pretty sure my sister did. I fell in love with Edgar Allan Poe in middle school. Mm -hmm. I used to watch the Vincent Price movies. Not knowing how much of an influence Tim, Vincent Price was on Tim Burton. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know he has, like, that short that's just all about being Vincent Price. And I'm like, I get it. I understand. Like, I've watched the black and white movies. I understand what you mean here. Like, yes. <laughs> but anywho's it. Cut on an Edgar Allan Poe tangent. Because we're talking about ravens. Yeah. They're beautiful creatures. I have They're very smart. They're also, extreme. crows, corvids in general, are very intelligent. Very intelligent. I remember when, was it Maleficent that came out? Mm-hmm. You were absolutely in love with... Diabol. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, I want one. You were like, I want one so bad. I want a I raven that turns into a sassy, sarcastic man that helps me with shit. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. I am sarcastic by nature. If you haven't picked that up, after listening to 51 episodes, then I... Is this the 51st? Oh my god, this is the 51st episode. I just... Yeah, we're already at 51. One more. We'll make it 52. We'll make it a year. And then we're going into our... Month of mayhem. Basically a month of... That was month of mayhem as a translation. (laughs) (laughs) Not everybody speaks opera voice. Listen, you're right. You're not wrong. My sister's the one that does the opera singing, not me. True. You've got a rock voice, not an opera voice. So we already have two that were suggested to us, but there are still multiple weeks worth of entities available. So please make sure you're letting us know if there's anybody from anywhere besides the normal four places we do that you want us to look into. We have got 10 topics to cover. Yep. So please, by all means, give us suggestions whether that's through reddit instagram facebook email coffeetablemythos at gmail.com what's something to brighten the mood so my something to brighten the mood is that if anybody's actually looking at the tiktoks versus just the pictures that are on instagram you know that and i actually think we talked about it in one of the episodes because it was a christmas present Mm. one of these sets of watercolor that I've been gifted for doing the podcast is an Arteza set that has something like 36 colors, I think. Mm -hmm. And the black half pan of paint is really running down on me because we use it so much in our art. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. So I went looking online to try to find a half pan of black just to purchase a half pan that was already dried all the way. And I could not find one. I found some that were metallic, but that won't work for some of the colors I need it to be. Like sometimes you just need matte black. And I ended up having to purchase liquid watercolor, which I've never used before. I've used like acrylics and oil, but never a liquid watercolor. And I had to learn how to make my own half pans, but I didn't have any empty half pans. So I used water bottle cap lids and then they have to dry before you can use them. Like if you're going to use them, apparently if you're going to use them out of the tube, you can use them wet. Like you can put it right on your palette. But if you want to use it as a half pan, you need to let it dry all the way before reactivating it to use as paint. So it's a good thing I bought it before I was actually out. And I'm super excited that I now have more of that. At the same time, I also purchased 
additional watercolor brushes because Eliza does real like pointy hair and very fine detail on some of her stuff. And I had a brush that has since disappeared that I was like kind of making it work with, but I just took it. Yeah. The... (laughs) The fairies wanted a brush, so they took That's it. That's the only way I can explain it. Yeah. So now I have another set of brushes with hopefully one that's small enough that I can use for the podcast's art. So, Eliza, <laughs> what's your something to brighten the mood? I've got a few things. Tell me all of your good things. I got two good things. Tell me all two of your good things. <laughs> all two. Okay, brighten so. Brighten my goddamn mood. Okay. <laughs> The first thing I want to talk about in my regular full-time paying job that I work like actually more than 40 hours a week now to do, I am getting supposedly promoted and I'm ecstatic about it because like I'll finally be able to get health insurance, which sounds very, very bad. (laughs) Where I've been currently is like a temp agency and they have health insurance, but it's so expensive that I couldn't afford to pay my bills and pay health insurance. So the only thing I have right now is dental. And I would like to be able to see a doctor to get checked out every once in a while. So that's that's one positive. The second positive is... So I'm turning 30 on the 4th of September. And for my birthday, a lot of people are like, Hey, would you be interested in a guitar? And I was thinking the other day about how I really miss having an acoustic. Now for all those that are listening, I used to have an array of guitars. When I lived in Hawaii, that's when I had the most amount of guitars. I had a 12-string acoustic electric guitar, uh, which I sold since then. Like, I scrubbed all the designs that I put on it, and I sold it to a guy in in a parking lot. He was very ecstatic about it. It was a Hellcat. So I had a 12-string, I had a bass, I had acoustic electric Ibanez from 2009. No. Yeah, March 17th, 2009 is when I got Charlotte. Mm. I name all my guitars. I had the most beautiful Schechter guitar I'd ever had in my life. I called her Laurelin, based off of the J.R.R. Tolkien Cimmerillion novel. Anyway, just getting her to Hawaii was a whole... It was a bitch, because she was the most expensive electric guitar I'd ever purchased. But the problem was when I took it into the airport, because I didn't trust anybody to not take my guitar. When I took it into the airport with me, the airport staff was like, Is that a gun? We gotta check it. So I opened it up. I was like, look at my guitar. That's not a gun. And they're like, oh. And then it got left in Los Angeles. Mm. And I got so upset because I was like, oh my God, what if I never see this guitar again? Well, they had to just move it to another plane. And we had to pick it up in the hotel later that night when I was like half awake. But anyway, so long story short, I don't have any of my guitars anymore. When I first moved back to Maryland, Leah and I worked on her very, very old, like, 1970s acoustic guitar that she had. Like, we renewed the tuning pegs and we put some new strings on it, but, like, the wood's kind of warped. So when you tune it, it untunes itself relatively easily and it's not exactly the best on playability because it's like it's got some stuff going on with the neck but it's okay like it's something I could work with eventually Leah got me an like went in with me to get an electric guitar but it was mostly her buying it for me because she's really nice I have this Jackson guitar that I absolutely love I've like customized the shit out of it what I do with guitars is I take pens essentially because I asked my guitar teacher back in the day is like would painting a guitar hurt it and he was like well as since it's wood it would alter the 
the sound of it, but if you use something like Sharpie or like a Posca pen, it's not gonna change the sound too much. It's like, cool. So for Charlotte, I had her completely covered in signatures. Instead of having a yearbook signature, I had my guitar signed by my most beloved teachers, the classmates I love very much, like, cause that was, I got that guitar the year that I graduated. So that was really cool. And then this one is covered in runes completely covered in runes and it's really fucking awesome i love her so much that's a jackson electric guitar not the most advanced but it's like it plays really well so now we're looking at getting an acoustic guitar but the problem is is that with this one i want to try guitars out that guitar center is offering because a lot of people are giving me these like gift cards toward guitar center to buy a guitar so i was like trying to find guitar centers that had like a dean acoustic electric guitar like one of them, it's like, it connects to USB and it's just so cool. And I think that'd be really awesome for like recording music because I don't know if you guys realize this, but the music in this podcast, I wrote that and I recorded it via the microphone on my phone or this microphone here. Right. Including the old music that we lost when our computer died mm-hmm. and then you had to remake it. Yeah, I had to remake everything. You have a herd, we'll say, of ukuleles now yeah okay so (laughs) last summer i went on a binge i wanted every kind of ukulele you could have have most of them we have most we have three different types now so not sorry they're so fun to play anyways so that's some of the music that's some of the music (laughs) yes but um an acoustic electric i miss having an acoustic because i like being able to play and not having to plug into an amplifier Right. Like, if I want to go on a trip, I can play that as music. Like, I was that kid in high school that always came to school with a guitar in tow. Like, I would look at the teachers and be like, we're a package deal. Deal with it. Like, (laughs) and they were all for it because it was California. So they had no qualms whatsoever. Anyhow, so, like, there's there's a Dean Acoustic Electric. There's a few Ibanez Acoustic Electrics I was looking at. There's a Martin factory in Pennsylvania that I wanted to go look at, but their mm. guitars are expensive as hell. And then there's also another guitar factory in Maryland called Paul Reed Smith Guitars. So, like a Taylor guitar. Oh my god. I touched a Taylor guitar once, and it was an old one my uncle had that was like 30 years old, and it played so beautifully. But I cannot see myself ever being able to afford a Taylor guitar. I'm like, that's so nice. I can't, I can't, but it's so nice. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, after that tangent about guitars. So I'm really excited that I'm going to get a guitar for my 30th birthday. Yes. It's finding the right one. So my plan and goal was to go to some of the guitar selling places in the state of Maryland and trying different guitars out to figure out which one I wanted or what kind I'd want. Problem is, most of the ones I'm looking at, they don't sell in the stores or they don't have them in stock. So it's like, I might have to go as far as like seeing if there's any in Pennsylvania that has them for us to like take a day trip out there. I know you're like looking at me like, oh, so much driving. But, you know, (laughs) I'll buy you food, I promise. And lots of (laughs) caffeine. Talk bribes to me, why don't you? I will. (laughs) For the sake of guitar, I will. Anyway, sorry for the whole long ass tangent I just had about guitars. It's okay. So... Yeah, I my original thought was to get you a guitar for your birthday. And then I was like, wait, I better check that she doesn't want like an experience instead of like a present. So that is the only reason Eliza knows what she is going to be getting. Also, I was not going to purchase said guitar. I was going to throw money. a lot of cash at her from like, like get everybody's money together 
throw it at her and let her do it because you could probably give me all of the information about this guitar and I would still end up somehow fucking it up. <laughs> so I'm just going to give her the money. And... I appreciate that. I really do. Yeah. Usually when I get a guitar, like for me to really connect with it, I have to be able to touch it first. And that is the problem I am having now, being able to touch the guitars. Right. The other problem is, is that the only reason I said no to the experience is because I don't know if there's going to be a resurgence in this pandemic. Right. And by the time it's my birthday, which is going to be in like a few months, I don't want us planning something and then all of a sudden it gets to whatever kind of adventure we were going to have. And then we're like, BT dubs, you can't do that anymore because we're closed due to COVID or due to pandemic or due to whatever new illness has been caught in the world. And I'd be like, please don't. (laughs) So we are going to postpone that until a different milestone. I specifically told her, can I take a rain check? And she was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I know I've just made this way longer than you want. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) So reminders, everybody, make sure to check out our art for this week's entities on our Instagram at Coffee Table Mythos. If you want to share any art of your own of these beings, make sure to use our hashtag Coffee Table Mythos so that we and our followers can check them out. As always, if you have any stories or requests, please email us at coffeetablemythos at gmail.com. And remember to mention if you want a shout out of a name or handle and where to find you, or if you'd like to remain anonymous. You can also find us on our Facebook page, Coffee Table Mythos. You can message us on here as well. Check out our merch on Teespring at teespring.com store slash coffee dash table dash mythos. We are adding more listings as we research more beings and make more art. If you would like to donate to us, you can on anchor.fm slash coffee dash table dash mythos slash support. For right now, all donations will go to making this podcast better. Thank you so much for listening. Please give us a like, follow, subscribe, share, and review our podcast if you have the time. We are interested in what you have to say. This is Coffee Table Mythos. We'll catch you next time.